guys, welcome back to Herbian's podcast. I'm Herbian, and this podcast channel is for fitness and training enthusiasts. So if you are crazy in love with training, stay tuned. Every episode, I invite guest speakers to share their personal stories, knowledge, and values. Where you will find this channel motivating, inspirational, and practical to help you become the best version of yourself. So let's get diving in and listen to our guests without further ado. Yes, right. I'm very happy to have you today, and I want to chat with you um, your expertise as a strength coach and um, your experience in the industry. So I know you're one of the coaches in Foundry Fit in the UK.、Uh, can you tell me a bit more about yourself? Like, how long has you been working in this industry? And like as a coach for yourself, like do you have any specific training philosophies, and where are you at now? Oh, first of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate you、um, reaching out to to have me on on here. That's a privilege. So thank you.、Um, I've been coaching for twelve years, and in in that time, I'd say that like in my sort of Ethos, if you like, has evolved from what I originally started with. I've always been super passionate about people getting stronger, but obviously with experience and、um, things like acquiring more knowledge, and then also working with a wide range of people,、um, you kind of start to refine that belief and your your ideas, and to come up with a sort of system. So, you know, I kind of have this. I guess approach to to coaching people, whereby one of the priorities that I want people to to aim for is to improve their strength, and this doesn't have to be like in, in, you know doing one rep maxes and things like that.、Mm-hmm. It's about whatever you're interested in. It's like, but everybody has the ability to get stronger, and I think you know regardless of your goal,、um, your level that you're starting at, I. It's very rare that you'd say that getting stronger is going to be a bad thing for people. Yeah. Equally, on the other side of this, I'm a big believer of trying to, whilst being able to perform good in the gym or in your sport, whatever it is you do, is like also looking the part that goes alongside that. And、um, I think, like, like I wouldn't want someone to just get strong yet their body composition is not. Ideal. So, like, I like to look at it as like a whole. When I'm coaching someone, the whole picture, not just what we do about just getting stronger. It's about do you are you fit? You know,、uh, you run up the stairs and not、sure. get out of breath, rather than yeah, you can deadlift two hundred kilos, but you're not really good for much else. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like as a more like general big picture, like fit、yeah. and strong, more than just like doing one specific. Then that's not really. As strong as like, as a all round、yeah. athlete, or I should say, yeah, yeah. yeah.、Um, also, I'd say over time, I kind of like working with lots of different people as well. You learn how different ways to coach people. I think at first, when I my first few years of coaching, I was probably quite one dimensional in the way that I'd coach people. Like, if you didn't do it this way. Then I'd be like, "Why, you know, it's your fault. Why will you not follow this?" Rather than me, the coach, being more adaptable to the individual、mm-hmm. and finding ways to do it, and I've certainly become much better at that、um, as time has gone on. So definitely, you have a learning curve as well. Like, 
being more objective. Like, mm. Yeah, like I think with anything, um, you're, going, you, you're going to make mistakes and hopefully you know after you've been doing it a while you should look back and be like oh yeah i have do that different 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 now. in a different way um, yeah otherwise you know it's a bit scary if you kind of look back and go yeah i won't do anything different i'd do the same like you probably haven't grown or learned anything new yeah but and are your clients coming to you now for a specific or do they have specific goals like or will they just say i want to get stronger and how- um like i mean you've you've come to so me i work across like a few different um in a few different ways if you like so Mm. i work at foundry fit which is more training geared towards on average like there is you know some other outliers to this within our our membership but average like member is just somebody who wants to improve their fitness and is like it's not like their like main priority let's say but like fitness is important to them but they're not interested in say competing in a sport or powerlifting or something like that um they just like to train and they enjoy that just for for general health and well-being um and then alongside that i have a couple of online coaching businesses which are a bit more targeted in who we work with that is more people who are perhaps interested in competing in powerlifting Mm. a bit more into training in there or they're a bit more advanced and want to have a bit more purpose Mm -hmm. direction to their training rather than just going to the gym um, being healthy and those people do tend to be ones who want to improve their strength enjoy barbell training and things like that yeah i actually see your um social media posts and there are a lot of people who are like Every day I see like updates of people training <laughs> and I'm very like impressed with everyone like lifting so heavy as well. And I think it's very good for you to have like a, um online training program for more like advanced, um, as you said, advanced athletes or people who love the barbell, who love really like want to compete. And I know you have an online training program called Dominate Athlete Training Program, am I correct? And how's the, how's the, how do you structure your training program? And like, because there are so many options available online these days, everyone Mm -hmm. has their own sort of training program. How does um, your dominate athlete training program structure and how do they stand out from other training program? Um, I think first, the first thing with it is, is ran by myself and, and a friend of mine and my business partner, Jack Lovett. And between us, I think we bring quite a lot of experience in coaching people, both as athletes and coaches. So he's a former UK uh, or Britain's uh, strong, British strongest man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also competed at the World Natural Strongman competitions as well. And then I've got a background in competing in powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won the World Drug Free Championships in 2016. But done a lot of competitions and coached a lot of people with that. And so I think one of the unique things is our experience and knowledge. Um, two is we have uh, like when the program that we run is always working towards something. So there's like there's a, there is always a goal towards the training. It's not just a case of just putting workouts together and not really knowing where we're going. There's a direction where we want to take people, um, where people can track progress, and also the community online, which is part of the. I think 
online coaching can be for some people you miss out like say you're not going say you go to the gym i don't know like say you just go to a pure gym for example and you know people and yeah you might get a few people that talk to you but there's no community there what's quite nice about it is being able to have a program to follow but also having that community to kind of replace yeah having that environment in the gym so you can share with other people who are going through a similar thing with you about, you know, oh, this workout was super tough today. Or I'm, I'm just want to share my PB on this today and other people that who understand it and have the same passion for it. I think that's very important. Like having a community, like, because yeah. that's why I also come to Foundry Feet um, before, yeah. like, I find it very, like, very nice to train together and have a community wise. And, but in, in in terms of your training program, do you, like, for the powerlifting movements, do you, um, how often do you, how should I say, like, change your training cycle? Like, do you focus on one month on a particular movement or do you do all the three main powerlifting movements, like um, squat, deadlift, and bench? And um, particular theme? For, like, say, across the year, let's say if we take an, an athlete who might compete, I wouldn't really say anybody that I'd coach competes more than four times, let's say. Um, and this might mean doing a regional competition and then maybe they do another regional competition or they do the national championships mm. and they go on to the international competitions. Um, so they're always going to sort of the competitions would direct our training block, if you like. So mm. let's say at the moment, let's say if you want to do a competition, we're like, okay, it's 16 weeks away. The farther out we are from competition, the less specific we might be with the program. So we might still have the barbell lifts in there, um, but we might not be pushing them as hard and we may like be doing a bit more overall workload, so maybe more yeah. higher rep stuff in there and things like that because I see. what we don't want to do is all year round or all the way through a training phase be training at too high intensities. True. So like, you know, using heavy loads constantly, constantly, constantly. And whilst that is the sport of powerlifting, you can't train like that all the time. It will be like it's not a uh, smart you know, way to train. train. I think what what are BJJ rounds five three five minutes? Yeah, yeah, three, three, yeah. three five minutes. Yeah, around. Um, but it'd be like imagine doing like what you do when you go to a competition in training all the time. Like you just couldn't train like that. Plus, you don't get sure. enough practice at slower paces and things like that. So there's also phases within training where you wanna perhaps you're doing variations of the lift because you want to work on a specific weakness or something like that. Mm. But when we get into the actual prep for the program, we will squat, bench and deadlift and try to, the goal is to try to develop all of them all the time. Um, It doesn't tend to work like that. You you go through phases where from um, in my experience, maybe one feels really good. One is all right yeah. and one doesn't feel so good. And it kind of just varies between that. And then every now and then you get two that are, you know, feel really good and one yeah. doesn't yeah. really get three feeling amazing. Yeah, I can see that. Well, that brings me like to the next thing I want to know, because I know you had, as you mentioned, you had won the World Referee Powerlifting Championship before. And so it would be good to have your suggestions and advice uh, for someone who has been training consistently already in the gym, just doing like normal trainings. And it is the first time he or she wants to enter into like a powerlifting competition. Um, what would you say were the main elements or that they should really focus on in their training or 
as you say, it depends on how many weeks out they are till the specific competition. Or um, is there in general one specific element that they should really focus in the training like? Um, I think making sure that you're lifting to the competition standards because there's nothing worse than somebody doing all this hard work in training. You get to a competition and you're not fully um, sure about what the rules are, you know, like how low you should be squatting or the commands that the referee gives mm -hmm. you, you have to obey. Like you might, you might lift, you might do the bench press, but you go, you know, how it works is on the bench, for example, you have to have the bar out and you have to wait to be told to start before you can lower the bar. So yeah. a common thing would be like people take it out and just start the lift. They do, they lift it fine, but then they get a fail because they didn't listen the to commands. the commands. Yeah. <laughs> and that tends to be like the biggest thing. Um, if I, if I could add one other thing to that, it would be, well, it's kind of like a two, a two part. It'd be have, doesn't necessarily have to have a coach, but I would advise having somebody you can talk to who is, who can help you, who's experienced, just because there's so many little things that that person would be able to help you with, whether it's about weight categories. And, you know, if, mm. you've, if you're doing your first competition, it's only going to be a regional competition anyway, because you have to do that to qualify. It's like, even if you broke the world record in those competitions, which is never going to happen in your first competition as well anyway, it's like all you do is win a regional competition. It's like it's nothing. <laughs> um, and that's not to like play that down, but mm. I think it's just like just go and use the first one for experience. Don't put – you are going to have feel pressure because it's, you're doing something that you haven't done before and, you know, you're lifting in front of people and stuff. But you don't want to put added pressure on yourself by – trying to cut weight because it's like it doesn't really yeah. matter um just go and enjoy it and practice it so not um, not like stressing it too much but rather yeah. really enjoy the first experience just enjoy the lifting mm. like enjoy the training and then you know do that first one then find out if you like it or not i think it's very important because um i've never been in a commission but i know there are different rules and i also see people compete before as you said you have to listen listen to different commands like for example deadlift you have to until they say you can drop it something like that and then you can yeah. only drop it so and then so different um regional or different levels of commissions have different rules right so you, it's also very important to study the rules or have someone yeah i mean for the most part the rules are, are pretty much the same across different federations but there are a few little tweaks in different ones as well like things like say on the bench press some organizations will say you have to have your feet flat on the floor other ones would be like you can have your heels off the floor as long as your toes are still in contact mm. so little things like that are just like important to know that's that's very cool because uh, i remember when i first went to the gym back in hong kong um one of the coaches was also like in a powerlifting background and um she, uh, it was all in an all-females gym and she recommended a few of us to go for a commission. I almost signed up, but I didn't in the end, but it would be so fun. But I think um, I didn't make it in the end was because I find it very stressful and you have to put in so much effort like to into training, but mm -hmm. also because I have a full-time job, I find it like very hard to really put in that effort, like a lot of effort into training. And as you said, meeting a weight category uh, probably is the first one like I find it so stressful but I should have do it like it would be so fun like yeah you'd be good hopefully and um hopefully when I come back from my travels I also want to sign up for your training program 
Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. When I when I come back and I train more consistently, and one more thing I would be interested to know is also more specific to the powerlifting movements, um, because yeah. like even back home when I was training, sometimes I heard people or the coaches would say like focus on training your weakness. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 which I mean is specifically related to squat, bench, and deadlift. And in your coaching experience, uh, what would you say are the usual weaknesses you see in your clients in these three movements? And uh, how would you help your clients address this weakness? Like, is there a specific? Uh, thing you do? I think like the the most mm-hmm. common ones I see. If I was to take one from each lift, let's say the squat. I would say is like not being able to like sort of like falling forwards in the squat as you come up out of the bottom, like people tipping forwards. And this could be for a few reasons. It could be like a technical thing where they're just not thinking about where their body needs to be and what they need to do. Um, Or it could be that they're not keeping tight in their upper, upper body. Mm -hmm. So I think people forget that they're, in all of these lifts their whole body movement so yes the squat is using your legs but your core plays a big role it's a whole chunk right yeah Mm. and if something is not in the right place or you're not keeping enough tension in a certain place what's going to happen when we put it under enough stress is that's going to break and that's what happens sometimes when people coming out the bottom of the squat they're not tight in their upper back and they go to push up and they just like fall forward um so like good fixes there can sometimes just be some coaching cues of like you know you need to maintain tension there think about pushing up and back into the bars you're coming out of the bottom but also using things like pause squats or using tempos so that people really have to engage with the position that they're they're using um i, f- I find that to be helpful and also making sure that you're bracing properly around the midsection mm. um, one that helps you to really maintain that tension as well and if you're more solid there that's the main like the middle part of your body um it's the most important yeah it helps yeah. a lot mm. that, that would be the one where you you miss squats because of the lower back and the core because you know you go on a leg press for example where you've got the support of the, the, the machine for stability you can leg press like way more you can squat right yeah and that's because there isn't a limiting factor of the core um so that would be my one for the squat for the bench press i think it would be uh a similar type of thing in that people don't engage properly with that that upper back and locking your your shoulders in to create stability around the shoulder and put the chest in a better position and also the role of like the lower body so actually pushing your feet into the floor so that you're like locked in there and then when you're going to press the weight back up the tension is coming through not only through you pushing it up but also your legs are helping to drive, drive that weight up weight as well mm. um, lots of people just don't think about using their legs in the bench press um deadlift i think the like the, the, the hips shooting up first before the bar lifts because people were like rushing it or again not creating enough tension or mm setting themselves up in the right position to begin with whether that's because the hips are too high or the bar isn't in the exact right like is a bit too far away from them and not they're not keeping it close um or just being comfortable with that first bit off the floor you know when a butt when it's head when a weight is heavy it doesn't feel good off the floor yeah but 
and stick with it for those first few inches when it gets moving and maintain your position it's going to make the rest of the lift easier but people you have to get comfortable with trusting yourself to be able to strain and hold that position i find it some yeah it's totally true i find it sometimes the first pull like i really struggle from the deadlift like i struggle a lot and how how will you say how often should i train my weakness then should i be like so specific as you said for example the first pull of the deadlift how often should i be only focusing on training the my weakness um sometimes in different phases of training you could in, like increase the frequency of it which i find to be effective so let's say we wanted to bring your bench up um we could it depends how many days you're training and stuff like that but let's say we only had you initially benching once a week now within that session you might be doing some other targeted exercises as well but we may introduce is doing bench press on another day too mm. um so that that can be one way and then like working on let's say you were you know you were finding it difficult to keep tightness at the bottom it's like we might give you more work in that bottom range for you to practice what that feels like so you could have one day where you're just doing a normal bench press and then the next day is you're having to pause for three seconds at the bottom or something like that mm. um i do find the bench you can train a little bit more frequently compared to a squat and deadlift uh the most i would tend to have somebody squat would be perhaps in in th three variations like this is using a barbell perhaps three variations in a week the deadlift I don't really like to go above two because I just find it's a lot more taxing than the other ones. I see. I see. Um, but yeah, we would identify the, look at the overall training program, look at where, yeah, what we deem as a weakness and then like, okay, how can we include that in, in the program? Also like just your assistance work that you do after the main lift should be always be there to support. That's that. accessory. That's, 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 that's all, that's, yeah, that's always going on anyway um but if you want to be a little bit more targeted it's like we might go okay for the next eight weeks we're not overly concerned about pushing our squat and deadlift mm. look to maintain where we are but we know that we're not if we make some gains then great but it's not the end of the world if we don't because we're going to push a little bit harder on the bench press for this phase true true and we also say core is very important it's just like as you say core is um like very important for each training session because earlier you did mention like Actually, every movement is like a whole body movement. You have to engage the core and stuff. So will you say you incorporate core training as well into like every section, like at the end, for example, some core mm -hmm. work? Uh, yeah, like sometimes mix it in with some assistance work, uh, depending on where, where it is as well. So I might mix it in with the, the first lift in between warm-up sets just to also like get the core ready and going. Mm -hmm. um, some people find if they're doing that with the main lift that they get a little bit tired, but that shouldn't really be the case. But yeah, doing like training your core like at the end of every session is certainly like not a problem to do. And to do that, I like a mixture of um, things like not only like direct ab work and, you know, things like planks and, and those sorts of things. Like variations of... Mm, yeah, mm. also using loaded carries, so like farmer's walks, carrying, like like strongman type stuff, carrying yeah. stuff where you're moving but carrying a load so that that midsection's got to stay mm. in position whilst you're moving around. Otherwise, you're going to fall over or, right. you know, you're going to 
away. Um, I also like training stuff like that as well. That's I also find it a, bit more, a little bit more fun than doing direct lab work. <laughs> yeah, like that's very helpful to know. Like for me, I always thought of only the few boring core movements. But if you say low to carry like farmer's walk, at least you're moving. Like it adds more challenge to the exercise as well. Mm. I, I also quite like gym, like gymnastic stuff is is really good for core. Um, mm. Even at like even if you like, you don't have to be amazing at gymnastics to do it. But some of the the holds and the different uh, leg raises and things like that are, are cool exercises as well. That's very good. Thank you for so much for all the advice and suggestions. Are you training That's for good. any powerlifting competitions or? <laughs> Uh, do you still compete these days? Well, I last competed in uh, November, and um, this is the first time this ever happened to me. Is uh, I got injured during the competition, um, oh. and I yeah, I tore my quad on my second squat attempt. So oh I'm just going back from that. Um, I will compete this year. Um, yeah, but I'm not not sure where. Maybe late, like later on in the year, September, October, sort of time. What is it? What is the competition? What commission it, you... it will be a regional competition, so like mm. a qualifier, and we'll aim to go to. I don't think I'll do the national championships this year, um, so it would just be a qualifier for 2024. I see. So, so yeah, as I said, I'm definitely keen to sign up for your program when I'm back. Um, if hopefully one day I will try out a commission, but <laughs> yeah, so, so you would say like. <laughs> That's around like four weeks, three to four months to prepare. If you say sixteen weeks out, like you yeah, twelve to sixteen weeks, depending on where you start. And I would say for you, like twelve weeks out will be fine. Twelve weeks out, cool. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for your time, Tom. Like, um, you're welcome. That's really great. Wow. So that's it, guys. Great chat and great value from our guest today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode and our podcast, be sure to give us a positive review and share it with your loved ones who you think might benefit from listening to it. This would be much appreciated. Also, if you have any questions or topics that you would like to ask our future guests, let me know. Much love, and until next time, take care. <laughs>